0: Now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, bishop of The Call Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop
1: E.W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today, folks. Hope you're having a wonderful day today. Uh, I'm sure all of you are following this story of this missing submersible. I've been thinking a little bit about this because I've got really got mixed feelings about it, and on the one hand, obviously, just profoundly concerned about these men who are lost at the bottom of the ocean. They did just find a debris field, so who knows whether that is an indication that something went terribly wrong and debris has now floated to the surface that they will find. We're not sure about any of that yet. And obviously, we, we pray for them, that they will be found, they will be alive and have a great story to tell about having survived this horrendous event. So that's, that's clear, and, and I think that's the attitude that every Christian has to have toward this. Uh, these are human beings. And you you just want them to be safe. Um, every American, frankly, ought to have that attitude. On the other hand, I, you know, I just wonder, and maybe I could be persuaded otherwise, but I just wonder whether this is good stewardship of one's life to do something like this. Because uh, I haven't heard that there was some great scientific breakthrough that they were looking to make or or some some technological advancement that 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 this would lead to it, basically it's it's a tourist trip it, to go down and, and view the debris in the Titanic, which frankly you know you can on a high definition uh, LCD television you can get a pretty good view of what all that looks like, but to go two point five miles down in a submarine that's really no bigger than a small walk-in closet. Uh, And then my understanding is that this thing has no honing beacon. I just saw an expert on talking about the fact that some of these submersibles do have honing beacons, they have black boxes. In other words, they have additional safety equipment to allow you to identify where that, that, um, that vehicle, for lack of a better term, but where it is, if something goes wrong, and apparently uh, this vessel did not have those items, and, and these people are paying $250,000 a pop to to be several hours at the bottom of the ocean viewing the t- Titanic. Um, so here again, I, I I'm cautious about this because these people are in trouble and you want them to be well. But, you know, I often think about what it means to be a steward and i think part of what we are stewards of is our own lives i i I would give my life for the lord jesus christ i i really would i'm i'm committed to that that if if it came between me denouncing jesus or renouncing my faith and dying i'd rather die because i really believe that he who loses his life shall find it he who finds his life shall lose it so I don't believe I'd lose anything. I think I I would I would burst into new life better than anything I've ever known before. But I don't believe in the idea of throwing one's life away, even when you know that you're on your way to heaven. You know what I mean? Doing things that needlessly put your life at risk. And I just wonder whether this constitutes a poor stewardship of the lives of these folks who who have put their lives at risk to go go do this. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I believe in freedom. That that's what people want to do. They're certainly free to do it. And I would never um, say let's pass a law that you can't do it. Uh, I'm just raising the, the moral and spiritual question whether it's something that you ought to do, even if it's something that you can do. So let's hope that they are are well. And by the way, that's the other thing. I'd feel a lot better about this if I got reports on how sterling the safety, uh, mechanisms and, and technology of that, this, this submarine are, if I, if I was hearing those kinds of reports like this thing is state of the art. And if any such trip is going to be safe or at, at least minimize risk, this is the thing, this is the vehicle that does it. I, I'm not hearing that. I'm hearing there are some serious deficits here. And, These people kind of put their lives at risk. In fact, there was one guy on talking about the fact that um, they started a trip and they had to abort it in uh, shortly after they started because of some safety issues. He said he what he saw looked to him like a lot of patch quilt work uh, uh, instead of state of the art safety stuff. And uh, so that's that's not a good report. Uh, by the way, on a hopeful note, I, I did see a report. One guy who actually got stuck in the bottom of the ocean doing just this. And he was a Christian. And, and I, I think he might have had, frankly, become a Christian immediately thereafter. But he said that he really, he really got close to God down there because he thought it was the end. He thought it was over. And he said, that was, I mean, the reality of God came home to him there. When he got rescued. Somehow they got him up out of there and he was saved. It was very emotional talking about it. He said, because I know exactly what they're feeling because I felt like it was over. He said, he said, a voice came into my head saying, this is how your life ends. But it didn't. Um, and the presence of God may have been exactly why that he, he, he said he really felt the presence of God. In that little, that little box, because that's all the thing is, is a box. So let, let's pray that these folks are okay. I don't know what your reflections are, and I'm sure all of you. I know I have. have done some probably some things you look back on and say that was nuts. <laughs> why, why in the world did I do that? Uh, but you survived it and, and you're fine. And maybe in in hindsight you look back and think. You know what if I had to do over again, I don't think I would do that um but let's let's well thank God first of all for his grace and his mercy because you know he looks beyond our faults and sees our needs and and he has mercy upon us even when we're in difficult circumstances that have been part have been in part or or, or in total the result of our own poor decision making so uh I would want the same grace even if this was. Not the best kind of decision for these guys. I want the same grace for them as I'd want for myself. Lord, I I know I don't make every decision perfectly, um, and I'm so grateful for your patience and grace and mercy toward me, um, flawed though I am. So same is true for them. So let's let's hope and pray that they they come back home safe. Uh, well, folks, I've got a special guest today to talk about uh, an issue that is so prominent in the news. You know, I get up in the morning and I look through a variety of news sources and I'm amazed at how often homosexuality and gender confusion is in the forefront of the news. I, it really, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to me the level of influence these folks have and the impact that they have on the discussion. I mean, for, so for example, this guy, um, Ryan Murphy, who is in, quote unquote, an LGBTQ mega producer with Netflix, is leaving Netflix to go to Disney because Disney really wants to get into the whole homosexual thing. They're pushing hard for that now. You know, Disney funds an organization that sexualizes children starting in kindergarten. Disney funds them. And they launched a task force to enhance their quote unquote LGBTQ plus content for children, they actually created a task force in Disney whose job it is to push the homosexual gender confusion agenda on kids. I mean, all, all, all of that, well, not all of it, but most of that stuff and more in the news in the last day or two. Well, we want to talk to somebody who has experienced that lifestyle and come out of it back in a moment.
2: This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. A recent study done by The Wall Street Journal illustrates how dangerous social media platforms have become. Instagram is owned by Meta, which also owns Facebook and was founded by Mark Zuckerberg. Working with two teams of specialized Internet researchers from Stanford University and the University of Massachusetts Amherst, the Wall Street Journal was able to find 400 sellers of self-generated child sex material, which had 22,000 unique followers. In case you're wondering, the promotion of underage sex content violates federal law, as well as the rules established by Meta. And the company knows that it has a problem— A Meta spokesman said that the company actively seeks to remove such users, taking down 490,000 accounts for violating its child safety policies in January alone. Now I have a question for you. Have you even heard about this? We're talking about a major social media company that is owned by one of the wealthiest individuals in America. You might imagine this would be a major story. I did talk about it on my radio program, but haven't heard much else about the issue. We will see if Mark Zuckerberg will be called before a congressional hearing soon. The head of the University of Massachusetts Rescue Lab warned that Instagram is an on-ramp to places on the Internet where there is more explicit child sexual abuse. The Stanford researchers looked at other social media sites and concluded that the most important platform for these networks of buyers and sellers seems to be Instagram you might want to reevaluate whether you would allow your children and grandchildren to use the Instagram app. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view.
0: For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Racism, go to viewpoints.info slash racism. That's viewpoints.info slash racism.
3: You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs more than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with healthcare costs and out of pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 29 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE.
0: The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson.
1: Well folks, there's not a day that goes by where there's not some sort of story and a major one in the media about homosexuality, transgenderism, uh, th- th- this whole issue, whether it's women's sports or it's it's the way children are being indoctrinated. Uh, it just recently there's a story about the Pope wanting to give the LGBTQ plus etc etc, so-called community a voice in Catholicism and in the Vatican. And it just goes on and on and on. There's there's never a moment when this issue is not being thrust at us in some way. Well, my guest is Pastor Janet Boyne. She is the founder and CEO of Janet Boyne's Ministries. And she once lived as a lesbian. Uh, In fact, she did so for 14 years, but God delivered her 18 years ago. And uh, she is now traveling the country, helping people understand how the love of God can Mm -hmm. deliver folks out of this. She's the author of three books. The first one was called Called Out, A Former Lesbian's Discovery of Freedom. The second one, Arise, The Journey from Fear to Faith. And then her newest book, God and Sexuality, Truth and Relevance Without Compromise, which is a guide to parents and ministry leaders who want to help people struggling with their sexuality. All right, Pastor Janet, thank you so much for taking time to join us. You and I have known each other for a long time. We cross paths here and there, but I wanted to have you on the program for a while. And we've, I finally have that honor.
4: Bishop, thank you so much for having me. Just one correction, my newest book um, that Andrew Walmack and Dr. Michael Brown did the forward on came out a year ago, God and the LGBT Communities.
1: Ah, okay. God in the LGBTQ community. Okay. Okay. Yes, well, sir. well, look, I, I, I've got a number of questions I want to ask you, but, the, but here's the first one. As someone who God has delivered out of this lifestyle, could you have known 18 years ago or did you, did it ever, did you ever think we'd be at the point we are now where this issue plays such a prominent role, it seems, in everything?
4: It, to be honest with you, no. I never thought that you know the LGBT community and the rest of the alphabets that's been hijacked would try to silence us and take away our parental rights and men trying to enter into women's sports, and it, it's a travesty right now. Okay, let me put it this way to every, all your listeners. God's design is under attack, and our children are their main target. Yes, we have gays and lesbians against groomers, but their goal is to indoctrinate our children and transition them into the LGBT community or the transgender community. What I tried to tell people, and they ask me this all the time, if you give me a moment, they're like, wait, wait a minute, Janet, w- weren't they born this way? Uh, the Bible doesn't talk about transgenderism or homosexuality, and I told them, look, from the beginning of time, God said, look, you are either male or female. That a man is a man, a woman is a woman. and marriage is between one man, one woman, a holy covenant before God for life. Now, that's true. Now, you have all the Bruce Jenners out there that is on Fox News as a contributor or the mm-hmm. gay community or transgender community or those that are just having sex outside of marriage. God made us male or female on purpose. Come on, y'all, for <laughs> purpose. They are wearing woman face. They are appropriating womanhood. Just because you dress like a man doesn't mean that you're a woman. Or just because you dress like a woman doesn't mean you're a man. So I'll say this, and I get this a lot, and I believe this will help your your listeners. Well, Janet, wait a minute. If I'm made in the image of God, why do I have this agonizing, you know, desire? Why am I still tempted, you know, against, you know, His Mm -hmm. plan? Well, we all have a bend or a tendency towards sin, pornography, overeating, same-sex attraction, gender dysphoria. The tendency or the propensity may be different, but come on, y'all, the response from the gospel is still the same. Amen. We need to reject things that is are none of God and God's plan for our life. And then we wonder why suicide is on the rise, because well, we're listen. acting out of our pain.
1: Well Janet, one of the issues that that often comes up when people want to attack folks like you and me is they say, well, you know, but you, you've got to show love. And, and of course, we as Christians do love people. How do you How do you deal with this movement which is aggressive and in your face and wants to get at your children and wants to take over the schools? That between that movement and the individual who may have, as you say, Propensities towards same-sex attractions, but that you you might want to be able to help in some way. You might want to tr- try to minister to them, try to help them see, because they're not aggressive, they're not in your face, they're just trying to figure their lives out. D- do, you, do you make a distinction between those two? Are they different or one of the same? You
4: know, Pastor, you, you said a lot there, especially in the beginning, about love. I want to tell people, you don't have to compromise your morals and values to love somebody. What they're looking for is validation. We can validate people without celebrating them. God created all of us to be loved and valued. But where I see the problem is our children need to know that they're loved by their parents. Dads need to validate their sons. Mom need to validate their daughters. If we do not validate our children, they will oftentimes seek approval from other resources, maybe an uncle, maybe an aunt, you know, or if their dad is an abusive person or if their mom's abusive, the son will look for approval from another source, maybe a healthy uncle or aunt or somebody like that. We have to make sure we're validating our kids because if you don't, I promise you, they're going to look for that validation from somebody else because what they're displaying is a low self-esteem. The sad thing is children do not know how much, number one, God loves them or how much their parents love them sometimes because they're so busy out there doing all these other things. Just think about Jesus got affirmed by his father. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And our first thing for parents, they need to know is that God is first. You need to please God. You made a covenant with him, and you need to please him first. And we must validate our children because of who they are, not because of their actions.
1: Now, there are people out there right now who get confronted with this when they try to speak up. I mean, we saw when parents spoke up at school boards, they were called domestic terrorists and how dare yeah. you? You know, you're, you're, you're haters, you're bigots, and so forth. What what do you say to people who say, you know, my, my job is celebrating this stuff. Um, my, maybe some org- organization I'm involved in wants to celebrate it. I mean, how do I mm-hmm. speak up in a way that doesn't get create a whole bunch of trouble? And what 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 approach should I take trying to deal with this onslaught that's coming against me?
4: Number one, you're right. We are getting just beat up terribly by the gay community. You know, they said that they love people, but they're showing the opposite of love. I'm not saying that, you know, they're Satan, but that's not the kind of love that God shows for them to, to come against us and try to slap us in the face or, or come after us. Um, and, and sometimes that can be a difficult question because, well, number one, that's sin. All sin separates us from God. But, but Pastor, they have so many voices. Today, in our culture, you got the mm-hmm. media, you got the political arena, you have the education system. Even some churches try to influence our beliefs and attitudes regarding homosexuality, and most times with views that are not based on biblical sound doctrine. And without a foundation based on scriptures, we become tossed back and forth. Some people alter their beliefs because they want to please and mm-hmm. accept. Others, but our goal should be to seek the favor of one, and that's God. There's nothing we can do if they don't want to support our views, but it doesn't mean we should back down just because they walked away from us. Look, if I had a child, which I don't, and they say, Look, I'm going to live a homosexual life, and Hey, I'm always going to love my kids. They are always welcome to come in my house. You can't bring your same-sex partner in my home. You know what I mean? This is my house, and as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But I will always love my kids, and I would never reject my kids. But what you do outside that house, I've already raised you up. i trained you up, you know, in the ways of the Lord. And God is not small stuff. we got to quit playing God Jr. God is the one who transforms lives. Once the seed was planted, he knows how to get to him. He got to me. I was out there 14 years. I walked away from the man I was supposed to marry. And look at me now. 1985, came back in 98, and never looked back. It's been over 20 years, and God has used me around the country. I'm not patting myself on the back, but we don't. God doesn't need our help most of the time. He's very good at doing it on his own. We just have to have compassion without compromise.
1: Amen. Well, look, we're going to take a break here, and I want to give you a chance to talk to our audience. Folks, the number is 888-589-8840. You may have a loved one who's struggling with this. Uh, you may be trying to figure out how to navigate this on your job or, or with with people that you know who don't share your views. Uh, and, and maybe you're a student and you're dealing with this at school, and your your friends think you're some kind of nutcase because you're holding to a biblical worldview. Uh, I'll give you a chance to talk to Pastor Janet and ask her, as someone who's experienced this, and when we come back to, let's ask her to share with us the, the, the myths that, the, well, you, you're born that way. There's nothing you can do about it. You're denying yourself, and God made you that way. We hear all kinds of stuff like this, folks. So, again, the number is 888-589-8840. Our guest is Pastor Janet Boynes. She was delivered 18 years ago from a life of homosexuality. She's now living for the Lord. She's the author of several books and we'll make sure that you know how to get in touch with her and how to to follow her ministry because I think people like her are so desperately needed today uh, because frankly, they just, she can speak authentically in a way that most of us really can't. Uh, So folks, stand by. And I have an opportunity to talk to Pastor Janet Boynes, 888-589-8840 is the number. We'll be back in a moment.
5: It's my turn. Here is your host for my turn,
2: Don Weilman.
5: Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him unto the high priest's house. Peter followed at a distance, and when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. After Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was carried to the house of Joseph Caiaphas. Caiaphas was the high priest that year, although it was his father-in-law Annas who had the real power. In all probability, the party walked up a flight of steps in the southern part of Jerusalem to reach the house of Caiaphas. Some steps have been excavated, which led to the spot where many believe the house of Caiaphas stood. It is possible to walk those very steps today. The Church of St. Peter in Gallicanto, which means cockcrow, is a lovely little church building constructed by the Augustinian fathers on the site where they accept as that of the house of Caiaphas. The church gets its name from the fact that Peter denied he knew Jesus three times in the courtyard before the 3 a.m. hour, the time of the cock crow. In the life of Jesus, we have some hours between 3 o'clock in the morning and about 6 o'clock in the morning, during which we don't know what happened to him. A visitor to the Church of St. Peter in Gallicanto today will be taken down into the basement to examine a pit carved from the rock. The pit is very small and had only one opening large enough for a person to enter it. The opening is at the top of the pit. The pit was part of the jail located there. Perhaps Jesus, being tried and condemned by an illegal makeshift Sanhedrin, meeting in the early hours, was brought to this pit to spend the next few hours. In the 88th Psalm, one can read what could have been the feelings of Jesus if indeed he was lowered into this pit. Peter denied his Lord that night. He did so, I feel. Not so much from cowardice as from bewilderment and confusion. He did not know what Jesus expected him to do. Did he not get rebuked by the Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane just a short time before when he fought for the safety and release of Jesus? Certainly Peter was confused as to what course of action to follow. Standing on the balcony of the church of St. Peter in Gallicanto, you can see where the courtyard was that Peter denied his Lord. And as you gaze in that direction, you aren't quite as fast to point the accusing finger at the big fisherman. You can recall those times when you too denied the Lord by silence or inaction. It is one thing to find fault and blame. It is another thing altogether to take a very deep look into one's own commitment. We aren't nearly as perfect as we sometimes think we are. As you leave this beautiful little church building, you do so thinking that you need to spend more time on the log in your own eye and less on the splinter in your neighbor's eye. Jesus was speaking to each of us when he gave that advice. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association.
0: The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson.
1: Folks, our guest is Pastor Janet Boyne. She was ordained a pastor with the Assemblies of God Church and at um, Living Word Christian Center in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. And she is the author of several books. Delivered from homosexuality 18 years ago, after living as a lesbian for 14 years, uh, she her voice is sorely needed given what we are facing today. So, Janet, thanks for taking time to be with us. We've got full lines; uh, people want to talk to you. So, let's let's get started right away with these calls. We've got Jesse from Tennessee. Jesse, welcome. Uh,
4: thank you for taking my call. Um, yes, ma'am. I was just curious. How do you approach a person—I have a lot of people that I know that are living a gay lifestyle, and they believe they are born that way. How do you approach them with the gospel without turning them off, you know, or putting up a wall? And the other question mm-hmm. I was going to ask, for a person that has been um, born again, and that, but for some reason they leave Christ and they transgress and they live a decade in that, but they think they're so far gone They can never come back to Christ. How do do you approach that?
1: Thank you for the call, Jesse. You know, I don't
4: think anybody is ever too far gone that Christ can't reach them. And sometimes we have to let people go and not try to hang on to them so God can continue to put other people in their lives. A lot of times, people we love, we want to try to be the ones to save them. And we're normally not the person to save them. You know, God can you know, put people in their lives, you know, being out there in the world. You know, there are so many Christians that are living a life of homosexuality and walked away from their faith. Many of them know the gospel. So God is very capable of putting the right people in the right place at the right time. When I was in that life, I used to run across uh, scripture all the time. I would see somebody with a Bible. I mean, it's almost like things would come out of the blue to remind me that he was close by. So I I think sometimes prayer is essential, folks. It's essential. Maybe you want to fast a meal or something for that person or maybe not get on social media, you know, during lunchtime or or something like that. See, a lot of times people, you know, pray and and fast, you know, to hear from God, but we should fast and pray so we get closer to God. And then we're able to hear from Him. The other question you know, a lot of times when we know somebody is living a life of homosexuality, the Bible says they'll know us by our fruit. When I see somebody that's gay, I don't even approach them. But a lot of times they're drawn to me. is not because I'm, I'm great in anything. I'm kind to them. I'm nice to them. If, if I'm in an area where they are, I'll say, hey, can I, can I get you some water? I'm about to get myself some water. Hey, people want to get to know you. But you know what? Next time they see me at a function or if I'm somewhere or I go into Macy's or a department store, they'll go, oh, I remember you. And then I start building a relationship. And a few times they say, what's so different about you, you know? And I said, oh, I'm a pastor, you know? And then they start asking me all these questions. Every time I come through, it's like, hey, pastor, I'm building a relationship. And so we can not go out and try to save people. Just be you. Let your light shine so bright because we should exude Jesus everywhere we go. I think what the problem is, and sorry for a long answer, is that we look so much like the world, they don't want what we have. When people see you're acting like them, why do they want what you have
1: or what we Mm -hmm. have? That's my answer. I hope that helps. All right. Praise God. Let's go to the next question. we got Cindy from Texas. Cindy, welcome.
6: Thank you. Hey, Bishop. Hi, Pastor. My, um, My question is this. Coming from uh, a a long history of extreme liberalism, that's me, um, having a change in my life, accepting Jesus and, and living in a very conservative way now, I find that I have a lot of friends that are gay, they're homosexual, I have a nephew who's homosexual, I come from this type of environment, okay, it's not anything that I live today. How did you transition? I find that the closer I try to get to God, the further away I feel like he is. And so I'm in this period of transition, and I I feel very ignored, and I don't know what I'm doing.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. You mean ignored? And Cindy, to clarify, you mean you feel ignored by God? yes sort of just like
6: closed off and i know that that's probably my humanness like i deserve to be i know what i deserve and i am so thankful i'm don't get what i deserve
1: all right cindy thank you for the call we'll we'll try to answer that for you off the air but he go go right ahead Jan. i'll leave it to you
4: you want to
1: answer that bishop no 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 you go ahead
4: You know, I I think that's a great question. You know, I had nieces and nephews that are living that life. I just had a conference in Oklahoma. My niece, that's a lesbian, we're so close. She comes to my conferences, one, because she loves her aunt and she wants to support me, but I don't support her views. And I've come from all liberals. All my family's liberal. I I went over to the other side. I'm a conservative Christian, and it is difficult, and it has been difficult for me because they look at me as like, I'm trying to be better in them, but that's not the case. However, when you walk out of a life of homosexuality, where I find that people have most problems is that they keep looking back. If we were like Lot's wife and turned into a pillar of salt, people wouldn't look back. It seems like we straddle the fence sometimes. We'll have one foot in, one foot out, just in case the Christians start rejecting me, then we have something to run back to. And I think God just wants all of us, and a lot of people say, well, God hears us. Well, uh, yes and no. You know, God is grieved from our sin. But when mm-hmm. our sin went on the cross, then Je- Jesus say, Father, Father, why you forsake me? So I'm not saying that God wants to ignore us, but do he turn his back on sin? He can't watch us sin. He can't go against his own word. And so when we're in a place of temptation, what we need to do is build a new community. And remember, this is a process. Put one foot in front of the other. something happened. repent, get back up. Reach out to my ministry and let me just put in the subject line. Please, go right ahead. I'm from Texas. I will remember that and I'll reach out to you personally.
1: How how Uh, do do they reach you? Tell, Tell them how to reach you. Go ahead.
4: You can just go to my website, Google Janet Boynes, and go to my Janet Boynes Ministries, and there's contact information. Just reach out to me and... We'll reach back. Now, we normally reach out to people within 24 hours, but I am on the road. I am back on the road uh, for the next few weeks. So if I don't get to you right away, don't, don't get upset. I will send a message and say, hey, I got your message, but I can't talk right away. This has been a busy month. This is Gay Pride Month, not Gay Pride Day. So I'm pretty busy right now.
1: All right. Uh, thank you so much for the call, Cindy. Well, let's see. We I think we can get this. Is, we've, we're up against a break again. I, I'll hold you if you can, Janet, but let's take the call. Sure. Or maybe we'll have to have you answer it on the other side. But let's go to Alan, first-time caller from Arkansas. Alan, welcome.
0: Hi. Thank you. I appreciate the program. Um I had a question. So I've been able to speak into students' lives, 20 to 30,000 kids about healthy relationships and, and some struggling with homosexuality. Um, but, but what hits home is what's what's close. So I've got a family member who is uh, in, in a gay lifestyle. And um, when I read First Corinthians 5.11, it's saying that anyone who bears the name of brother but is guilty of sexual immorality, and, and there's a list there, don't even eat with with a, such a person and so the, the the struggle is celebrating christmas and thanksgiving you know and it, it, it hits home um, they would say that they're a christian um and I, and, and so I, I just need need some good advice here
1: wow okay alan thank you so much you know, for the call. you know Go that's
4: ahead. that's a really hard one you want me to answer it
1: please a, please
4: that that's a very, that's a tough one for everybody i I tell you where I stand on the line I don't like people to be
1: confused
4: my one my yes is yes and my no is no my nieces and nephews are always welcome to my home always but they cannot come in my home with a same-sex partner because their same-sex partner the Bible says the sin you won't allow pornography in your home you won't allow drugs in your home you know you don't allow your heterosexual unmarried brother or sister to sleep in the same bed in your home janet let me let me interrupt
1: you there because we've got to take a break but when we come back you can finish answering that question and we've got a couple more for you and we'll also get information again about how people can follow you uh and get the benefit of your ministry folks stand by we'll be back in just a moment
7: American Family Studios was started back in 2011 as a way to advance the Christian worldview into an increasingly media-rich culture.
6: Media is like such a powerful tool to communicate the gospel. I love writing stories, getting in my office, and just thinking, how can we portray this concept of who God's character is? And to get to use the gifts that God has given me is really a joy.
8: American
7: Hi, this is Todd Nettleton with the Voice of the Martyrs Radio inviting you to join us Friday, July 14th for the Hearts of Fire virtual event. You'll meet four courageous women who showed incredible commitment to Christ in the face of intense persecution. This special event is free. Here are these inspiring testimonies of costly faith plus worship led by Michael W. Smith. You can watch from wherever you are. Register online at heartsevent.com. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. Do you know over the last 18 years, 50,000 volunteers have served over 9,000 families in the aftermath of natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. At 8 Days of Hope, we travel coast to coast in the name of Jesus and minister to the broken hearted. Our national headquarters is located in Tupelo, Mississippi, our Northeast satellite in Buffalo, New York, and we have a Midwest satellite in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. God has provided three facilities for us to house equipment and be able to respond on a moment's notice to serve those in need. Eight Days of Hope is launching a new arm of the ministry, Mass Feeding. This division of Eight Days of Hope will take trained volunteers with multiple feeding trailers and be able to provide over 8,000 meals every two hours through a local church following a disaster. To learn more about 8 Days of Hope or to join our volunteer team, please go to 8 That's 8
8: telling Bibleless believers in Asia, no, that's the hardest thing we do. This is Bible League International, and we've spent the last few weeks telling you about the incredible move of God in the region of Asia, the part of the world where Christianity is growing fastest, but as many as 9 of 10 new believers in countries like China, India, and Bangladesh have no access to the Bible. They cannot open the Bible and be reminded of God's precious promises. Hey, we've told you about Shanti Varden in India. Born blind, wanted to end his life, but God brought him to saving faith. He's led hundreds to Jesus. They need Bibles in India. And cats nearly beaten to death by his interrogator, but he led that man to Jesus, and together they've witnessed thousands coming to Christ just outside of Beijing. AFR listeners, you have blessed 12,000 Bibleist believers in Asia. Our goal is 16,000. We're still short. We need to wrap up June 25th, so at $5 a Bible, $100 sins 20, pray about it, and then call 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD, or give it sendbiblesnow.org. Sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring.
0: Back to the Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio.
1: We're back, folks, with Pastor Janet Boyne. She's the founder of Janet Boyne's Ministries. And uh, she came out of the lesbian lifestyle 18 years ago by the grace of Almighty God and is helping others. To deal with this issue so you were saying when this brother asked about eating with with uh, a loved one who is living that lifestyle and you were basically saying you know you draw a pretty clear unequivocal line so that people aren't confused about where you stand
4: yes and there's nothing wrong with having lunch and dinner with your loved one my niece was here 'Cause she didn't come with her girlfriend. They know where I stand on that issue. You're not bringing that in my home. But let me tell you why I said that before somebody raked me over the coals and sent me nasty emails, which I'm sure I'll get one or two. The reason why I say that is because if you allow your child, your nephew, your cousin, your friends to bring same-sex couples in the house, and you have little kids, and you walk out of the room and they kiss each other or hold each other or do something you know, that you would never do in your home. We already did something wrong by allowing them to come in together. But what you're sharing with your kids is, number one, I support their worldview. Or if you go to a wedding or a civil union with the world called, I support that. And then people go, well, you know where I stand? No, they don't, because they're going to look at your actions, not your words. If you allow your child, your grandkids, folks that are listening, um, and you're always around same-sex partners, this is what they're going to think. Oh, I can have a homosexual relationship or I can have a hetero relationship because mom and dad hangs out with gay people and they hang out with straight people. And then when your kid come out gay and you look at them and say, we didn't raise you that way. Well, yes, you did. You introduced them to it. So it, wow. we should share with our kids the evil and that God created man and woman and that we're going to see different people out there. That's another subject in and of itself. But let's keep it clean. Let's raise our children up. to to recognize that God made male and female and that's the way he designed us because God's design is under attack. And I'm not going to help the gay community to continue to attack my God.
1: Amen. I, I think, Janet, that's the right approach too because you show love for people who are living in a way that you know God does not approve But on the other hand, you don't approve the way they're living, even though you love them. And when your children are clear about that, you're right. They're not confused about feeling, well, well, wait a minute. I thought that was okay with you. Let's let's get to some other calls. And
4: if you love God real quick, if you love God, aren't you going to keep his commandments?
1: Amen. Amen. Let's go to Marcy in Illinois. Marcy, welcome. Yes, uh, Bishop.
9: It's great to be with you and I'm happy that you're having this program today. I have a friend who uh, came out of a state, living in uh, my state presently, but uh, she adopted three children. All of them have mental health issues and she loves those children dearly and one of them who is about 15 now says he's transgender and unfortunately uh, the father who did many atrocities towards these children and towards her, as the children, pretty much. And uh, so she is uh, doing all kinds of research, but she comes out now and she says, you know, uh, I think that God's number one commandment to us is that we love one another, and we have to remember it with these kids. But she has taken information from other people that says all Christians hate these people. And I told her, I said, never use that. I said, you use that about our church. I'm in that church, and I do not hate them. I know that they're sick and that they need God's Mm -hmm. love, but I don't support what they're for. And I think that our pastors need to be stronger, and I would like some information that I can pass on to this friend because she's trying to do what's right with her kids, but I think that when we lie to them about the the lifestyle that they're leading, I mean, it's like giving somebody the wrong ticket to get on a train that you know is going to have a
4: train
1: wreck. Marcy? In,
4: in, in disaster.
1: No. Thank you. Thank you, Marcy, for the call. Go ahead, Janet.
4: You know, that, that, that it's hard to, you know, get involved in other families when you don't, I don't have all the story. But my book got in the LGBT community. I'm not trying to sell books. You can get it on Amazon or, you know, on my website. But that book was written explicitly for pastors and families. What if my family decide to go to a civil union or a marriage? What do we do? What if they transition? You know, I have a story in there about Walt Heyer. I mean, all those questions, most of you are asking me, they're in that book. Now, I, I know in the Christian community, we don't like the byproduct, but you know, the gay community has millions and millions and millions of dollars and they'll take whatever information they can just to beat us over the head with it. You take that book, you get that book on Amazon and you read it, you highlight things. And then you use it, you know, as a weapon in a good way to strengthen yourself so when people come at you, you have an answer for them right away. You'll be able to just come back to them and come back to them, you know, with the Word of God and with good things. But let me say this about, you know, these children that are growing up. You have to understand that schools are telling our children that they can be any sex that they want to be and willing to assist them in transitioning without parents' consent. It already happened. You know, at Tico School in San Diego, mom sent her 11-year-old kid to school last year and the school transitioned her into a boy. You can Google that. That's right out there on the website. They just passed a bill that grants legal protection to people who travel to Minnesota for gender-affirming care. You know what they call that? The trans Refuge bill. I call it the kidnapping bill. They will strip parents of custody if you don't affirm your children. Folks, we got to learn more about this, pastors and ministry leaders all over the country. When you know better, you do better. And if we don't continue to become educated on this issue, we're going to keep losing our kids from 13 to 25 because the Gen Zs are leaving the path in this issue. So I, I, don't, I don't know what else we can do, but we all need to become educated in this area.
1: Well, Janet, you don't need to apologize for making people aware of your book. I mean, that's why we're here, so that yeah. people can get information yeah. that will help them better respond to this. Because as we said earlier, this is an onslaught. I, I call it a cultural revolution that we're going through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you need tools. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs tools to be able to fight this and to and to really promote God's vision for what life is supposed to be mm-hmm. and sexuality and family are supposed to be. so no no apologies needed for your book. That book is very much needed. Okay. And I recommend it to everybody. My wife and I already have it. so folks, be sure you get that book. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Paul in Missouri. Paul, welcome.: Thank you.
5: Uh, I'd like to know the name of that book too. What is the book? Name? The one on God Amazon and the
4: elk. God and the LGBT Community. Let me me just say this real quick. God and the LGBT Community, God and Sexuality are the same book. But the newest book, the God and the LGBT Community, has a study guide. The publisher wanted to redo it. We added a study guide. That came out a year ago. But they're the same book, so don't buy both of them. Just one has a study guide and the other one doesn't.
5: Uh, I'll get the one with the study guide. My question to you is this. Uh, I was raised in a... Christian household and uh, in the early uh, 20s or middle 20s, I kind of dabbled with some uh, folks that use marijuana and everything. And I think, and I felt like that it had opened doors, tore down barriers, and things came into my thoughts that had never been there before. And drugs, I think, are probably a factor. What do you say about that? Are
0: they a great factor down people's uh... direction?
1: Thank you, Paul.
4: You know, I was on drugs at one time, too. I put myself in treatment in 1989 when I was working for a Ford Motor Company. I was doing cocaine, and, you know, I was raped by one of my mother's um, men. I was raised in a family of seven kids, four different fathers. I am at the age of 65, and if you look at my pictures, I promise you they're authentic. Uh, I don't look 65, but I am still getting counseling. A lot of times, you know, we get to a certain age and we feel like there's no hope. I dealt with a lot of trauma. My mother passed away three years ago, and even some of those days back when I was doing drugs and some of the things I did there, I need healing from that, you know. I repented mm-hmm. of it, but God still needs to heal me from some of the things that I dealt with in our, our, my childhood. And sometimes we suppress those things. We push them down. We're afraid to, to bring it to the light. If you don't live it, bring it to the light, It will haunt you, and Satan will use that to make you feel like if you tell somebody, you know, people are going to like you or they're going to feel bad about you, well, that's what the church is for. It's so we can see a doctor. The main doctor is there, but we need to be able to be transparent with those that love us so we can get the correct healing that we need. And I'm sure you have a community of men, godly men that you can open up and share with. I'm going to tell you, I'm not afraid to tell people because Satan ain't going to hold me captive no more. Hey, if I'm dealing with something, I'll, I'll call, I'll be the king. I'll call my whiners. I'm not just saying this, but I got people I go to is like ding, ling, ling, <laughs> you know, help pray for me. So we, we got to be
1: transparent, but thank you for the question. Amen. Well, Janet, we're down to about one minute left I'm going to try to get one more call in that you'll have to answer briefly. But please tell people, uh, before we do that, let's first tell people about all of your books and, again, where they can go to get them.
6: Well,
4: you can go to my website, com. We have my first book, Called Out, A Former Lesbian Discovered from Freedom. We have the Arise book that Pastor, Pastor mentioned, The Journey from Fear to Faith. We have a book. That um, some parents wrote. Um, My child just came out, uh, a parent's guide, God in the Sexuality and God in the LGBT Community. Also, I have little pamphlets that are top 10 questions and another one that is top 21 QA questions for college students. Thanks, Bishop.
1: Sure. Well, you know what, uh, folks, you all forgive me, because it, by, by the time you get your question in, it, it, it would be over and she wouldn't even have an t- opportunity to answer. Janet, I just want to thank you for your courage in thank being out front me. and up front, because here again, you are on the front lines of what I consider to be the most serious and most important spiritual issue confronting our country and it's used as a wedge mm-hmm. issue to destroy families to destroy kids uh, i mean it really is doing a job on the culture and thank you so much it for is. your voice the voice of of god's wisdom being heard on this issue uh, so god bless you we really thank appreciate you, you taking the time to be with us and let you and i be in touch okay because we want to we want to do more to All work right. with you all right. <laughs> All right. God, God bless, bless you. you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well, folks, that's going to do it for today. I don't normally hold the guest on that long, but I just think this is such an important issue that her voice really does need to be heard as someone who's lived that lifestyle and God has delivered her from it, which they tell you can't happen, right? Because you're born that way. Well, what this tells us is every one of us has to stand up, step up, speak up, and refuse to back up because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we... Are on God's side.
6: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.